I know without a doubt that there's serious brain damage. Um, I'm, I'm not poor and I've, I've been part of great organizations that, you know, do MRIs and CAT scans. And we've had actually, uh, some historical data going back as far as 10 years, you know, like strike force really great to their athletes, UFC really great to their athletes on the medical side. Um, where, you know, like getting concussed, knowing that you got concussed, got knocked out, knocked out in a fight or, or TKO'd in a fight, or even took some heavy punches. Hey, you're going to go to the hospital and get a CAT scan or an MRI. Um, so there's a ton, a ton of historical dama, da data. Hey y'all, my name is Bram McCartney, founder of the 38 Challenge and host of the 38 Challenge podcast. The 38 Challenge is a 501c3 nonprofit organization in memory of my brother, United States Marine Corps Captain Matthew Brewer, who died by suicide in 2021. Every week, I invite some of the most elite special operators, athletes, and business leaders in the world to share their unique mental health battles and how vulnerability helped pull them out of these dark times. Our vision is to create a society where vulnerability is seen as the greatest sign of strength, and you can help us get there by rating and reviewing this podcast. Warning, this podcast often addresses the topic of suicide. If you are thinking of taking your own life, please call the National Suicide Helpline at 988 and press one if you are a veteran. Nothing is stronger than asking for help. Now for this week's episode. Hard to kill, dangerous man, Tim yeah. Kennedy. Brother, I appreciate you taking the time. My um, pleasure. It's a very important conversation, and I know that's the reason why why you made it the time, so I, I appreciate it, brother. It is. Bruce is a good man. Bruce is a great man. Yeah. So when we were in San Antonio, I, I obviously invited him down there, and Bruce and I know each other because of, um, you know, we're in that unfortunate club, right, that yep. we're all in. And... I think there's like a social media post by by warrior rising and i was like oh um i was like oh dude that's awesome tim kennedy's gonna be here you know tim he goes bruce's like tim kennedy <laughs> i was like yeah he goes like fucking mma uh you know i love his voice yeah too. yeah he's yeah like, yeah he's like mma green brave tim kennedy he's like yeah he goes i sponsored that motherfucker's fight like yes, he did <laughs> yeah he also i was like he didn't even know i worked for him there, there was, there was a year. You worked for Yeah, him? there was a year I was contracting, and NEK was one of the countries I was, or one of the countries, huh, Freudian slip, um, one of the companies I was working for abroad, and uh, and obviously he was one of the owners of NEK before it went over to Cubic. Right. It was right in the transition, so yeah. I, was, I think I was technically a Cubic employee um, that was around the transition time, uh, acquisition time, so it was crazy. Dude, he is... He is an, he's a wild man. He's a wild man. Yeah. He's awesome, dude. He's, I love him. He's freaking. It was just his uh, 60th this weekend, um, in, in in Tampa. So, um, so what are some stories from that time? With, oh, with I can't tell any of those stories. Uh, dude, I was gonna say probably you probably no. can't. Um, no. All right, man. Well, yeah. So, the reason why I reached out again, obviously met you that weekend, went up, shook your hand because I, I really appreciate what you say for and what you stand for in terms of challenging the stigma associated with with being vulnerable talking so freely about suicide this is the conversations we need to have yeah yeah the um it it's it sounds so easy just say like these are the conversations we need to have but for somebody to be able to have a conversation like this they have to be in a healthy place like the the emotional intelligence firing right that they have to have the to be able to deal with the external stressors to have the coping mechanisms in place so that we can you know these are complex problems with, um, there's no black and white here. There are shades of gray and, and the subtleties that influence every emotion that we feel like they're incalculable. Mm. You know, like, did I work out? Did I drink? Did I smoke? And you know, the, it just goes on the, the list, this litany of things that affect 
if we can just sit down and talk about, am I depressed? Mm. Did I have a crappy dream? Did I wake up and sweat? You know, um, two weeks ago, I came back from a trip and, um, you know, it's, things are always, oh, this was also around, it wasn't two weeks ago, it was three weeks ago, right around 9-11. Mm. And um, my daughter, three-year-old, comes into the bed, it's like two or three o'clock in the morning, and um, I'm deep in some whacked up dream. Mm. And uh, she she like tries to clamber up, but we have a tall bed, and she grabs the sheets and she's like, Daddy, did you pee the bed? And I was like, no, nope, that's sweat. You know, right. and everything's fine. Come yeah. over here, sweetheart. You know, and uh, like wild, wild fight dream. You know, not all this stuff is really tough. So if you put your elbows on it, it's not going to break. It might kill you. But I was uh, more so worried about the yeah. me chopping them off. You don't know. <laughs> so I don't. These are these all my fidget are, spinners. Yeah, these things are these things are wild. Fun. Did like I was the, I, Tim's gonna let me borrow this on Halloween. You can the, the big ass. What is this? It beheads people. Yep, yep. It's a execution tool. Oh, these yeah. are just lock picks. Another, I went to a course at uh, Bruce's former company. Uh, it was an evasion loan operator course. And uh, they'd like lock you in rooms and you had to pick your way out. And then you had to go on the run. You had to figure out how to make a suppressor, build the best weapon you could. You also had to, they would send you to places that had metal detectors. And you had to figure out ways to either get around the metal detectors or create weapons that weren't caught by the metal detector. Great course. I, Bruce is a type of businessman that just... He just does such outrageous things that it like makes him so successful. Yep. Like, like just as far out as you can think, like he's gonna do it, and then people are gonna come to it because it's fucking awesome. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you walk down here to like Sergeant Major Smith, Matt Smith, <laughs> yeah. like, hey Matt, uh, I want to teach a course. We're gonna teach him how to lockpick. He's like, well, that's illegal. I'm like, all right. Well, then um, we're gonna go also find places that it's it's either illegal to carry a weapon there or it, it's posted that it would be trespassing if you did. And um, we're going to force all of the attendees to then sneak past said, you know, detection equipment. He's like, that's also illegal. You know, he's like, so no, 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 Tim. Like, fine. We're let we Bruce would be like, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude, he would. That's it. exactly <laughs> yeah, what he would say. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> he's hilarious. All right. The reason I was reminded to text you last conversation or the one that our episode that released this week um, it's all about vulnerability in jujitsu. So it made me think of you and everything that you stand for. How would you define vulnerability? Vulnerability, I think, is the courage to have your real self be seen by others. Mm. You know, uh, everybody has layers. Everybody has um, smoke and mirrors. Everybody has a shtick. And especially in 2022, it is, it's almost like encouraged to be fake. You know, like, oh, I can use this Instagram filter or, yeah, of course I'm an alpha. You know, like I went to the gym this morning, you know, did the 430 Jocko workout, you know, and I got a great beard, got a rad Ford truck. You know, it's a 250, by the way. There's an archery target in the back <laughs> yeah. of it right now. Just FYI, not a big deal. Um, shoot a Matthews. <clears throat> you know, like, right. come on, bro. You know, yeah. like, this not, that's not you. And and that's the purpose of this podcast is to, like, say things that aren't another podcast, like, waking up at four thirty in the morning like that that is necessary right and but it's not it's not real right like people it's motivating but some it, people do it yeah you know and and motivation is so fake but discipline and regimen is so real right and uh, i i know that i i have i have people here that are that are 4 30 extreme ownership types mm -hmm. and i like, love it that's Absolutely. awesome it's it's fantastic and and it's in building that discipline and building that grit is so is such a key part of 
resiliency and mental toughness, but what's equally as important and harder to do is to be vulnerable yeah. and talk about your shit. Yep. So, One of the many reasons why I love jujitsu is because uh, fake fakeness can't exist there. Um, we, if you and I went on to expose real quick, really fast, yeah. not, not just your technique, not just your conditioning. Like if you and I went out there, I, I could smell if you smoke weed, I could smell if you s smoke anything. Mm -hmm. When you drank last, I'll smell it. Right. Um, your conditioning is going to be a really good indicator as to your diet. I'm also going to be able to smell what your diet is like. Mm. Um, within a matter of moments, I'm going to know how strong you are how much cardio you have, uh, but even cooler, I'm going to know how you're going to respond to adversity. Think about that for a second. What kind of intimacy can you have with another human that just by going and doing an activity, how do they perform as an entrepreneur, as an employee, as a husband, as a father? I see somebody like, you know, their face turns red. They have that flash anger. And I was like, oh, if I was your six-year-old son, would you hit me right now? You know, I, I, I just saw that, you know, like I know what this is. And that's bullshit. I'm going to burn this out of you. You know, and then that's that's one of the great things about jujitsu is you are exposed. Absolutely. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable. And it's it is it's human chess, right? Like you I'm, I'm getting into jujitsu now. So yeah, it's going to be a you. long, fun journey. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll ask you uh, for some for some pointers. But the conversation that we had, you're also you have to have this insane amount of trust with the person that you're rolling with that they're not going to break your arm right when you tap or when you're choking someone out and that's just that when you go to someone and you're asking for help and you're talking about your shit and you're being your real authentic vulnerable self you have to trust that they're not gonna you know break you with it yeah and that's and i think the the, the study that this doctor's doing the we defy foundation they are looking at how jujitsu decreases veteran suicide oh we know it does yeah um sarah verardo from the independence fund she uh, it hasn't, it hasn't been released yet, so I can't even reference it, but it's like Ivy League University, amazing medical school, uh, specific to jiu-jitsu, depression, and suicide. And, and it is irrefutable the, the power that jiu-jitsu has. And we're, we're saying jiu-jitsu. Jiu-jitsu has a bunch of really helpful components that you can find in other things. One is community. You, you have to, just like you said, you have to have trust with these you know, brothers and sisters that you're on the mat with. Um, so there's a sense of tribe, clan, uh, community, family. You know, here it's family. Mm -hmm. we, we literally treat each other like family members. Um, the second is I know for a fact that sweat heals wounds, both pre preventatively and responsibly. So, you know, the more you sweat, the less you bleed. It's an adage that we've known for a long time. We know we we know it's true, um, but on the backside of something, if I have trauma, if I have damage, I can go out and literally sweat it out of me. You know, um, it comes out sometimes. It's triggered sometimes. We have assault victims that come to some of our courses, and the last time that one of these girls was grabbed was when she was assaulted, and then she comes here. You know, we're doing some some uh, underhook drill, the guy grabs a cross collar, pulls her, and you just see her eyes come wide as saucers as she's brought back to seven years ago when she was assaulted, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, let's pause for a second. First, this is awesome. Second, 
we're going to sweat and we're going to work through this and we're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And this is a safe space that's inclusive and we love you and we understand. And best and most importantly, third, is that it won't happen again because we're giving you tools that will be able to immediately address that thing from ever happening again. You know, it's like, and all this just happens magically on the mats organically. It's not forced. It's not like, hey, let's sit down on this couch, you know, and you know, point on the doll or something hurts you. Right. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my my brain. Yeah, my. Uh. Um, and that at the thirty eight challenge, where we started and we still do is is through, the thirty eight minute exercise. Right, and the purpose of the exercise is to voluntarily place yourself in an uncomfortable situation with other members of society and to lean on them and to suffer with them and to galvanize and and like you said, sweat out your emotions and think about what are the things that are. are what do I need to bring out to the surface yeah. and exercise? And I can't wait to get into jujitsu, dude. So I was just, I did the challenge for 38 days straight. Uh, Parkman, and I did it when we were in San Antonio. Um, and dude, that, that beat me to shit. But I, after now that that's done, my next thing is, is, is jujitsu. Nice. Yeah. I'm pumped. So, Oh, I'll, I'm, I'm drinking iced tea. I know it looks like I'm drinking a, a, like a 44 ounce soda pop. It's a unsweetened mint and coconut flavored iced tea. It's a, yeah, it's a big ass slushy. Just full of sugar. Delicious. Premium <laughs> water and ice, H2O tea. It's directly behind us. Shout out. Yeah, these guys are great. Shout out Premium H2O. Yeah. So one of the things that we talked about in that conversation was warrior identity. What it means to be a warrior. Mm, I love me warriors. Don't we all? How would you... Some don't. Some, yeah, that's actually a fair, very, very fair point. How, <laughs> how would you... How would you plug vulnerability into the definition of, of being a warrior? Where does, where does that play into the conversation? Yeah, this is, this is another weird, you know, Hollywood has done us dirty. You know, you see this stoic, strong-jawed dude that's, you know, never emotional. Every warrior society in history has had this beautiful balance of, of emotional intelligence, vulnerability, art, philosophy, sculptures, and uh, and pure unadulterated violence. I don't think you can be capable of doing one with having the balance of the other. Not to sound like super Buddhist and yin yangish, right. you know, but like if you look at the samurai, or you look at the Spartans, or you look at the Romans, you see a vast array on the spectrum of who they are as men and humans, as warriors, from Zen gardens, poetry sculptures, um, impressionism art, all the way to you will not set your shield down and you'll be carried on it or you'll die holding it. Mm. You know, like these are the options. And uh, it's cooler that way. Yeah. You know, you're, if, if you're one so unbalanced and one-sided to this like hard, tough murderer, that's what you are. You're savage. You know, like e even even I use savage in a complimentary way. Um, where Native Americans, you saw that same balance. Uh, dude, they are savages, mm -hmm. but amazing fathers, providers, protectors, lovers of their tribe, and uh, every society you see this. And if you don't, because like you said, part of to be a warrior is to protect, right? It's to it's to be strong, to be courageous, to, to kill, right? To hunt. But if you don't 
if you can't be vulnerable and you can't address the things that you're dealing with inside and you don't have the you know the strength to bring those things to the surface then you can't be this this warrior that can protect everyone because you're weighed down the only way that you can protect something truly is if you love it and to be able to love something you have to have the capacity for love for you to have the capacity for love this is where the emotional things that I think a lot of people are scared to talk about, like vulnerability and, and, and realness and authenticness, um, humility. That's where the, the origin of like, are you going to die for your country? Oh, yeah, I love my country. So I'll die for my country. Like, would I, would I die for my family? Yeah, I'd die for my, my family. Would I die for the guy standing next to me? I'm like, fuck yes, I would. Because I love that motherfucker more than I love anything on this planet. And the only, and he knows that. I know that. Mm -hmm. And how much better warriors as a team are we because of that? Right. Way better. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think that it is so in, you know, the warrior community, why do you think there is this, this stigma about people talking about their shit? I mean, I can talk from my, my, the experience that I had from my brother, right? And this guy who, whose dog tags I got tattooed on my back attached to a crown of thorns next to a cross when he was alive, right? I saw him, I saw him as a superhero and we never in a million years would he have ever said, I need help. I, there's something wrong, right? And that is, that's why I'm so passionate about getting it down. Cause it's like, if, he, if we were to have that conversation, like he might still be here yeah. right? and it's a two way street. So why do you think that that is? I, I think there's an abomination in understanding what tough and strong looks like. Um, Jordan Peterson, Love that guy. Uh, he explains that you need a powerful, lethal, strong man capable of great violence. For him to be actually, for him to be a good person, he has to be capable of these things and then choose not to use them or when to use them. On the opposite end of the spectrum is this useless man that has um, really no skill, no capability, no, no, no competence in doing violence. Um, he's not strong, but he's dangerous because he's a useless man. Mm. So like wh whenever I'm trying to explain where toxic masculinity exists, the most masculine dudes on the planet are usually the least toxic because mm. masculinity is this beautiful thing of protecting and providing and for you to want to protect something, you have to love for something. If you're going to love something, then you have to be exposed and vulnerable to that thing. Down here is that 16-year-old that is um, medically and synthetically prescribed unbalanced ways. Um, he has no real ability to do something um, until he's given a tool that makes him dangerous. But that's the broken thing down here where toxic masculinity really exists. But like way over here is where the strength is and somehow somewhere people thought that being real and being vulnerable and being uh, uh, is a mutually exclusive thing from being strong dangerous and powerful they're not they're complementary and i don't know when it happened but that 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 projection of no, I'm strong. You know, like I don't cry ever for movies. You know, I was like, dude, every time I walk Black Hawk down, I'm bawling like a baby. You yeah. know, and, love it. And Tom Satterley, will, we, we had a conversation with him, like talk about Black Hawk down. Like, like you talk about one of the most, and you yourself too, like the, the most elite 
dangerous in a good way. People in the world, like they are, they are embracing this to their core. So it's like, look at what strength looks like and then look at how they, how they do it and how they talk about the issues that they face, right? The experience that they've had. And you did that in scars and scars and stripes. You showed a lot of vulnerability in that book. Yeah. What did that process look like for you as you were writing it, showing that, that going into those spots and showing that, that depth of vulnerability? Yeah. Um, one was accountability. I had to find people I trusted, people that I had, that I am exposed to. Like they know my faults, they know my strengths, they know um, my struggles. Um, they were there when I fought for world titles and at the end of the fight, I was not called world champion, right? They were there in the emergency room as they're stitching up my face after my last fight. Um, you know, some of them were there with me overseas uh, when I got blown up and they're pulling shrapnel out of my neck and my back. Uh, they were there for that. And each one of these accountable friends were, and, and I, was, I was very deliberate and intentional, not strategic, but intentional and deliberate in making them be part of the process. So it wasn't just me trying to tell a story. It was corroborated with their external perspective. Yeah. That's how important friends are. Like you can't, I don't know. I don't know if I could be that vulnerable without friends like that. And showing the vulnerability to lean on them and to say like, and to know that what you're about to say and the things you're about to talk about is, is incredibly hard and challenging. Yeah. Super important though. Can't do it without them. So I like this knife. Dude, that thing's sick. It's a little assassin knife. It goes in your belt buckle. And on the backside, and this goes up and loops into your um, belt loop. So then when you grab this, it just pops out. Pretty sick. Yeah. Need to. Um, just for stabbing. I, I got a. I actually got something I might send you. you you'll enjoy. I'll send it. Is it stabby? It is stabby. I love stabby things. I got you. Um, so what would you. We always ask the guest to share their most vulnerable darkest moment Ooh. What, would that, what would that be for you are you ready to go on that level that yeah, yeah 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 the problem i'm like narrowing it down i i figured that might be the the case yeah i mean i i have pre-military where like there's some dark and that's the thing i've asked the question it has nothing to do with the military it's just what to you is the darkest moment yeah can i tell you too Please. Yeah. One of them, I'm still in the military, so this one would get me in trouble. But I'm telling it anyways. Um, the first one is pre-military. Uh, I was living completely recklessly, like a young man, making every bad decision. I had every opportunity in front of me. Um, had a couple of women pregnant and uh, had an orgy after a fight. One of the ring girls that was there um, test positive for HIV. So then she tracked down all of her former partners. I was one of a litany of them that, um, she walks into the gyms like, Hey, I'm HIV positive and you should go get tested. This, you know, this is, uh, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, I'm giving you broad dates to protect names. Of course. Yeah. And, um, so it, it wasn't like you're positive or negative. It was actually, we're going to take some white blood cells counts over a few months to see if you are uh, losing your immunity. So that sucked. Holy shit. 
and um, crashed my motorcycle. Like the, the the patriarch of our family, my grandpa, he's dying. And you know, the, be- the beach house in Cambria was like the place that I would always go for solace for you know I could go to him and I could tell him he's greatest generation fought in World War II you know helped drop bombs on Nazis like what a gangster survived the Great Depression and um, no judgment coming from this amazing man and then I could listen to the waves from the Pacific crash crash on the shores and just the next morning I'd wake up and I could deal with another day Mm. Um, he has emphysema every breath that he takes is slightly less than the prior he's just slowly dying in front of me and, um, you know, so I could, I could hear his oxygen machine in the place that I'm usually listening to the waves crash on the shore. So I'm a mess. And um, I walk to Morrow Bay, California, down onto the beach from the parking lot, take my clothes off, take my phone, there's not a pager, um, drop my keys on the ground, and uh, I just swim due, due west into the fog. Mm. And um, no, no, like, there wasn't a conscious... And this is one of the dangerous things about depression and suicide. Sometimes, like, hey, I'm not trying to kill myself, yep. but I'm doing such reckless things that I might die. Mm. And is that suicide? I mean, if suicide has a negative connotation, then hell yeah, it is. And I'm sure during that time, so I'll just give this past weekend, dude, like I was having suicidal ideation. I got to, a, so I did the 38 days straight of 38 challenge. And like, I was like, holy shit, like I'm mentally the strongest I've ever been. God was like, come back to earth, bro. And then, um, got hit with COVID. Like had to cancel all these plans. And like, I'm a guy like, like I hit like yourself. I'm sure like I, I can't be still, right. Yeah. It's very hard for me to be still. And God was like, you have to be still, but I got to, I just spiraled so quickly. And like, I would never kill myself. Like I, I would never, I would, I never would. I, I'm vulnerable and I texted mentors and I did all these things, but I still had those thoughts. Yeah. Right. And depression lead people to those thoughts. Those yeah. thoughts are human. Those thoughts are necessary. Like Suicidal ideation does not mean that like you're crazy. Like no. everyone has those thoughts, man. Like everyone, but the no one will talk about intrusive thoughts. Uh, my, I, I have had ones where I'm walking down the stairs holding one of my infant children. It's like, what would happen if if she fell from my arms and like crashed onto these stairs? Like, what just came through my head? It's you know, nuts, like man. It's, yeah. I love this thing more than life. And like, am I a crazy person? Cause this came into my head. No. Cause like what I immediately did was like, where did this come from? You know, like, let's go outside and go for a walk, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And, um, and that's the thing we're not what we think. We're not even sometimes what we say we are, what we do, mm-hmm. you know, and, and being a man of action and, and, and trying to be a man of character and integrity and, um, vulnerability and truthfulness and honesty. Um, I want to be measured and judged by my actions and uh and often we judge ourselves by our thoughts it's an, it's unfair it really is these 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 are the human brain is a complex thing that we do not have any understanding of and we'll, we'll get into that and yeah but dude like we probably know three percent of like like the brain like we probably know three percent we don't know shit about the brain but we probably know three percent of what brain injuries do the brain we'll put a pin in that because we'll we'll come back to that yeah. I'll, I'll hear, so i have to get a new new of course new fidget spinner new fidget, <laughs> new fidget thing this is a texas railroad spike that was turned into a tomahawk i'm gonna hold one too yeah that's a armor piercing battle hammer Dude. so it's like cool you're wearing armor you gotta feel like so badass. So as you can see, do you see the tip? Yeah. 
So I was at uh, one of those medieval LARPer things, and uh, this armor, I'm using finger quotation marks. He's like, I make the best armor. And I was like, well, I have real weapons. So armor's not very useful when you got the right guy with the right tool. Yeah. He's like, uh, my stuff is like, you know, fight proof. And it's like, I, I don't have a thing <laughs> on my table that wouldn't get through your armor. So I smashed that through a, through a shield, um, like through a metal shield. And that's how that, the front of that got slightly blunted. Dude, pretty cool. Nuts. Um, so that was one swimming due West. The second was, that was just a point that was, that was your most vulnerable, like deepest, like spiral that led you to swimming in that ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, after getting blown up in Afghanistan and some friends getting some purple hearts and this long gunfight and some overpressure and some altitude sickness and a whole bunch of killing. And uh, I wasn't there with an ODA. I was there as a um, as, as part of this program as a USASOC sniper. I was literally there by myself. So um, I go back to my room you know and go out and this you know get a bunch of alcohol and yeah. go back to my room which is a which is a another part of the problem yeah bunch of dangerous things here i'm alone yep um alcohol. definitely have been concussed yep. alcohol sleeplessness no exercise uh so like every dangerous thing that you can possibly be doing is happening there and um Man, I just didn't want to think about what just happened for the past few weeks. You know, so I tried to not think about it. Mm. Dark so, times. So for you, what did that depression look like and, and feel like? Oh, I mean, it's reckless. You know, the uh, special operations men and women are really talented at violence. And um, we also have tools readily available to us everywhere. And, um, you know, when you're not being disciplined and regimented of, of not drinking, of not being alone, of being outside, of exercising, of being vulnerable, of talking to your friends, of like the long list of all of the great things that we can be doing it can actually help you. Not, yeah. Not just a bunch of pills and like go, here you go. Like yeah. you'll be fixed. Like, yeah, no, it takes, takes work. Yeah. It takes discipline and regimen. And it's harder than we always talk about showing vulner when you show vulnerability, like the first step, like you're not going to wake up and be like, Oh my God, show vulnerability. Like yeah. I'm all good. No, like it's a, it's a process that like anything in life is going to be hard. And because it's hard and difficult than the other choice, which would be taking your life or allowing this depression and anxiety to consume you. The hard path is getting help and doing hard shit, which is yeah. what warriors do. Yeah. This is exactly what warriors do, but I guess I don't know why they don't want to do this, but right. this is the hard stuff that you have to do, you know, and succumbing to, um, that moment, that feeling, that intrusive thought, um, and, and that slippery slope of, I know people sometimes feel they're so far down, they're so dark, they can't even think about getting outside and exercising, you know, uh, not eating crap, of um, not drinking, of not smoking. And, you know, 
all you have to do is the first thing in front of you. Yep. The first easy yes, the first easy win. Then the next win's going to be slightly easier and it's not going to be a big one. And that's fine. Mm. And the next one's going to be slightly easier. And um, you know, I, I love Mattis's approach where you're like, I wake up and the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make my bed. And I, I could have a sugary cereal breakfast, um, you know, with some caffeine or, or I could drink a big cup of water and, and make some eggs. Um, cool. I've already made two great decisions in the day. Like I could um, go and grab my device and immediately start swiping. Email and social yep. media, yeah. Or I could walk outside and take my dog outside to go pee. Mm. Um and uh, like feel that cold air and watch the sunrise and listen to the wind in the, in the leaves. Cool, now I'm four, four great decisions into the day. And the next one's even easier because I feel good, I'm energized, my guts are great, um, had a great night's sleep, like, and it just keeps getting better. Then by the end of the day, you know, like I have extra time and you know, watching my wife climax a half a dozen times before I fall over and <laughs> sleep like a, a freaking zombie. Yeah. You know, it's all these things are healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets better and better and better and better. Suicide is a temporary solution to a permanent problem. Mm -hmm. The permanent solution to a temporary problem are doing all of these little things. There's not an easy button. Mm -mm. There's not a quick fix. It's doing these little things. And it all starts with, I like what you said, taking that first step. Before that, you just got to show up. You have to show up for yourself. You have to have the vulnerability to be like, I can't do this by myself. I need to reach out for someone. I need to ask for help and have those conversations. Once you do that, like the weight is lifted so much off your shoulder. So this past weekend when I was spiraling, right? Like, dude, I was in my car wailing. I was, because my body was beat down, right? I was like, I can't think. I'm so tired. I was in my car just just wailing man and you know thinking just quickly into imposter syndrome and doubt all these feelings of you know the, the future and then what I did was like all right listen to your own advice I had COVID I ran eight miles just no headphones on to, yeah. to clear my head and then the next thing I did after that is I typed up a, a script that I, or I just said I texted like eight of my mentors and I just said going through this you know had to slow down all these thoughts are coming in. I feel overwhelmed. What do you, what do you usually do? And then they responded to me with what they're like, thank God, like, thank you for reaching out. Thank you for listening to your own advice. Like you already did step one, which is when you feel overwhelmed, reach out to someone when you're going through these thoughts, reach out to someone. And then they provided me with actionable things that I can do to, to help. And yeah. it did. Yeah. The, uh, you, you, you nailed something that I don't want to skip over, which is just showing up is the most important thing. Like as an employer, having an employee just show up, like do they have to be the best performer? God, I hope so. You know, um, do you have to be Arnold Schwarzenegger in the gym? No, but like just showing up. Mm, half the battle, dude, more than that. More than that. Yeah, more than that. Just showing up, just walking out onto those mats behind me. Especially when you're in a point of depression, when it's like everything else, like all I want to do is just sit here because that's what's yep. easy. But it's like showing up to, that's what I was like, when I went on the run, I was like, I got to do something to get my endorphins up. Yep. Like I'm spiraling, you know? Um, so for, for you, pre-military, post-military, as you're going through these experiences, as you're going through this depression and this darkness, how did vulnerability pull you out of it and lead you to the things that you do now? Yeah, I mean, I have um, 
coping mechanisms. There's about a billion of them. You know, good, good family, good extended family, intel- like uh, good education, good habits. The One of the ones that I'm really, really, really intentional it, with is the people that I surround myself with. And, um, you know, on the social media side, you know, every week you can pull up my social media and you're going to see me walking into the gym and there's going to be four, five, six people there. Um, do you know what happened if I didn't show up? They'd be like, what the hell? What the fuck is going on? Right. Something's wrong. You know, like they're going to be at, they'll literally be at my door. Shane will hop in his helicopter and fly to my house and be like, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. You okay? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and uh, and there's there's actually a few of those tribes that exist in my life. Some of them are at church. Some of them are on the jutsu mats. Some of them are in the gym. Some of them are like my coffee friends. Some of those things overlap. Some of them don't. Some of them are my military friends. You know, like I can call um, Zane or Justin or Matt or Yako and like if you guys just saw it actually, you know. Yako, Matt, can I talk to you guys for a couple of seconds? I got this kind of like big thing. What do we do? And uh, and then I just like dumped it all out there. So important. And they like sit there and they work through it. And they're like, all right, well, here's a couple of koas. Like I, we got got a few courses of action now. Yeah. Um, and I didn't have to do that. They did it. And I just had to be vulnerable in front of them to say like, I don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. Um, even as the CEO, like even as the boss, you know, is it okay for me not to know? Hell yeah, it is. And showing that you don't know and, and leaning on the people who you lead and showing that vulnerability with them. Like now you have more trustworthy friends, warriors, yep. employees, right? And and now they are more equipped to, to be vulnerable, to see what it's like to lead and they can go out and do it in their own life just yeah. by showing that, that one simple step. I think this thing looks good here. I do too. Um, there we go. That looks good. Yeah. So, p- going back to our, what we were talking about earlier, pivoting to TBI. Mm. Let's talk TBI. Yeah. First, you question. got hit in the head for a living for 18 years. I didn't. Mm. Thank God. First, <laughs> you're qu- an 18 Bravo on a Special <laughs> Forces ODA. Your whole entire adult life. <laughs> yeah. So, first question I'll ask is, mm. are you comfortable with? pledging your brain for project enlist so that we can further how TBI, CT and PTSD is impacting our military. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and why some poor doctor in the future is going to be like, <laughs> Holy shit. What, <laughs> what, what is wrong with this dude? Yeah. There's, they're going to have some weird things. Like how can he function the way that he is functioning with what is going on in his brain? It's going to be fun. It will be. You're a you're a scientific phenomenon. How and why are you compelled to pledge your brain? What is what is your experience with TBI? Yeah, <laughs> it's fun. Like it's not a funny topic, but it's just like as someone who has clearly experienced so many. Yeah, like it's I, actually insane that you are this the way that you are. Yeah, it's weird. Um, I mean, I think back to like being an 18 year old and Chuck Liddell and Glover Teixeira and Gan McGee and Scott Adams and um, Eric Childress. The, like these are the who's who of MMA in the late nineties, just beating the living snot out of this 17, 18, 19 year old kid um, becoming a professional fighter at 19, 
you know, I, I was driving down to Tijuana and to Indian reservations to do bare knuckle fights in barroom floors, going to New Orleans um, on Mardi Gras 2000 to do like 10 bare knuckle fights off Bourbon Street in some like dive bar in the basement with a cardboard floor and rope rings. Um, you know, all the way to being an 18 Bravo, going to Breacher Courses, going to Sephardic, um, you know, Afghanistan getting blown up a few times, going to Iraq. Yeah, I don't know how many flashbangs I ate. You know, we throw in a nine banger. It's like one, two, three, four. Now's the time to go. Mm-hmm. Like halfway through those bangers, the bangs bump, bouncing around the room. That overpressure is still like making dudes bleed and throw up. And we're just eating it because we, because we're already in our OODA loop. And like, if that guy's in the corner crying like a baby, that's the time I want to be in the room. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. First point. I think, you know, in all seriousness, like I think you are all right because of your ability to show vulnerability, your understanding of the things you've been through and, the, and to talk about your experiences and to understand that there is injury to your brain. So if something were to happen, you know what it is, right? And you're going to be vulnerable and you're going to reach out for help and you're going to go do the things you need to do in order to repair what has been yeah, damaged. I know without a doubt that there's serious brain damage. Um, I'm I'm not poor, and I've I've been part of great organizations that you know do MRIs and CAT scans, and we've had actually uh, some historical data going back as far as ten years. You know, like Strikeforce, really great to their athletes. UFC, really great to their athletes on the medical side, um, where you know, like getting concussed, knowing that you got concussed, got knocked out, knocked out in a fight, or or TKO'd in a fight, or even took some heavy punches. Hey, you're gonna go to the hospital and get a CAT scan or an MRI. Um, so there's a ton, a ton of historical dama, da- data, and then on the military side, being part of really great special operations organizations, mm-hmm. where there, there's non-typical resources compared to the rel- re- regular military, where relatively we have access to a lot of great stuff. Even in the dark ages, when we didn't really know what was going on, mm-hmm. we still had historical data to see. Like when I got back, and I'm throwing up um, after getting blown up. We know what happened, right? Yeah. And we're we're in Kandahar and or Bagram. Like we have great things here that we can take a look at. Do we want to fly you to Germany? That was discussed. Um, so knowing that this damage exists, I am so intentional. Like I don't drink, I don't smoke, I sleep every night. You know, I have sex every single day. I exercise every single day. I'm really diligent about staying connected with my my clan, my tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm outside all the time. You see pictures of me in my cowboy hat, putting up fences. I don't need to put up fences, you know. Like, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah. You know, like I don't like that the 3D archery target that's sitting in the back of my car, my truck right now. I can't wait to get home and put it up. I can have somebody put that up. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Nobody's gonna do that though. I'm gonna do that because I want to. I can't wait to stand out there in in, in my almost 360 degree shooting range and uh, throw some arrows into that thing. Nice. But I'm intentional about it. It's mm-hmm. by design. Um, because I know the consequence because I've been there of not being deliberate about being faithful in the small things. Yeah, man. And I think part of what our mission is, is to raise awareness that you have an injury to the brain, right? So the things that cognitively, behaviorally, like there is damage to the way that your mind works, which, which leads to a lot of decisions, thoughts, actions, and people need to understand this. For example, the veteran suicide rate, 50% 50% higher than the normal population. Veterans are 50% more likely to take their life. After one concussion, your chance of suicide doubles. 
people some people in the military don't understand that what they experience is absolutely a concussion multiple many of them like there's yeah. damage to your brain and you need to reach out for help because there's an injury and like any injury it needs to be brought to the surface you need to talk to someone about it and, and the treatment of these injuries it, it's not so simple and it's not so straightforward as like i blew my knee out mm-hmm. cool i have to give acl surgery i know what rehab looks like for that well, we're talking about the brain and the, the brain is a, such a complex thing that we don't fully understand. It's not at all. Yeah. It's not, I'm doing this surgery and taking a cadaver or, you know, like t- taking a patella tendon and, and just fixing it. And then you're going to go do some, you know, single leg jumps and box jumps until you're strong enough. It, if only it were that simple, Yeah. you know, but, but we know that there's an injury and we know that there has to be treatment for it. You just have to acknowledge that and you have to be vulnerable and real about that. And that's, that's rad. Yep. You know, if you're an NFL player and you blow your knee out, can you go get it fixed and go out there and be a badass on the field again? Hell yeah, you yeah, can. Absolutely, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, and it's it's right. It's the same thing. It's the same thing with your brain. There are so many different treatments and ways. Like showing up. That's step one. Step two might be you know you go and you talk to someone. Step three might be you try jujitsu. Step four you might be you try psychedelics. Whatever it might be. Right. There's so many different things out there. Yeah. You highly recommend the jujitsu one though. Yeah. Highly highly recommend. We had um. We've had some interesting conversations about the psychedelics one too, but we won't, we will not get into that, but it's just, there's so much stuff that are out there. You have to show. Well, the I, know, I know I have very good friends yeah. that went that route. We've, um, Tim was on the podcast and talked about his experience. He's a different human. Like he was explaining it to me. It's nuts. He was an asshole. That's what I, I hated him. Yeah. It's nuts. I mean, not in the too far, like distant history. But you didn't like the person who he was. Yeah. No, I didn't. Yeah. And now I'm just like, dude, I love this guy. Dude, he's he is the freaking man. Yeah. Don't tell him I said that because I'm not like a you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll still stab him. No, I'm just kidding. Like, what a great person. So. But yeah. So, but and it's like it, like what worked for Tim might not work for someone else, but keep trying. You mm-hmm. know, and it's and it's out there. Um, I've not seen jujitsu not work. Yeah. I mean, that's a crazy thing to say. I'm talking hundreds of people that I know are messed up. If they did, if they stuck, if they when they stuck with jujitsu, I'm like, dude, you're a transformed person. Look at look look at you. Look look at you four months ago. Do you remember who you were? Yeah. Look at you now. You're not fucking fat. Yeah. You haven't smoked. You stopped drinking. You got eight hours of sleep last night. Because it gives them something to come back towards. Right? Yeah. Something to to strive towards, like that 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 identity of being a warrior. Right. You're all you're going back to the mat. You're getting better. You're you're rolling. You're sweating. Those endorphins are up. You're in stressful situations, yep. but now you have to deal with it in a in a beautiful way. And Dude, I'm fired up to get into. I've, I've boxed for like four years. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do that no more. I don't. I don't do. I don't. I don't spar. But I want. I'm getting into ju- to uh, jujitsu. Yeah, you can I, spar in jujitsu. Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't impact. That's another thing. Jujitsu does not it create brain injuries. Yeah. I mean, some forms, but for the most part, especially if you're doing it, you know, for the purposes of of recovery. for your mental health and recovery. Yeah, yeah. then it's not going to do that. So close this out. One piece of advice you would give to the viewer or the listener who is at the point where you're at right yeah. they're, they're they're swimming west man they are they're drinking they have a yeah. gun that they're banging on their head what is the one piece of advice you give to stop being that? a pussy mm, i love that yeah be, be be the fucking savage i know that you are be courageous what does that actually look like that is being vulnerable that is stepping up and be like i need i need help i need to see a doctor i need to call a friend i need to go to the i need to get on the mats i need to go to the gym but the just showing up is the first thing and you can stay exactly where you are and that's the coward that you're not. Mm. 
You just have to face the nearest battle and the nearest win, and then everything gets easier. Lucas and I have had this conversation. We want to we want to literally put stopping a pussy, ask for help on a shirt. <laughs> Dude, that's how we need to talk about mental health. I man. got so canceled when I said <laughs> that. They're like. Tim called those guys that have depression or suicide thoughts pussies. I was like, probably, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I mean, we're probably going to get canceled for this. I don't give a shit because this is how we need to have conversations about mental yeah. health because it, it, that is, this is the culture, man. This is the world we live in. You, you can cut, hey, stop being a pussy for, um, you know, whatever reason. Stop being a pussy because your, your leg hurts. Dude, you're dealing with something so much, so much deeper than that. And you have to find the strength and you have to do it not for yourself, but for the people who you need to protect and yep. you need to, to call that trade everywhere. Last question for you. What does the 38 challenge mean to Tim Kennedy? Um, it, it, it's the, it's the closest nearest fight that you can win. Like we've talked about it through this whole podcast. Um, f- for me, it's anything can be the next thing for you to get a win and to get into the the W column and start on a path towards health and happiness. I know personally that this being di- diligent and intentional and uh, and focused and regimented on this health aspect of your life is the most rewarding thing you can ever have. Mm-hmm. Food tastes better. Um, you know, the time with your kids is, is sweeter. Um, the time with your your significant other is even more fantastic everything about your life the sun's going to be brighter the hunting's going to be funner uh more fun jujitsu is going to (laughs) be just as satisfying you know like every one of these things just gets better and better and better it sounds so hard it's so like so cliche but like getting that first w makes everything better showing up just that first one man yep oh yeah well, I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. This man has not eaten today. Time to go get some food. So I'm gonna go eat right now. Yeah. Yeah. This this is me like cal- calorie deprived. <laughs> yeah. See you in an hour. <laughs> All right. Thank you, brother. Yes, I sir. Appreciate it.